This is CliffCentral.com. Hello, I'm Mavali Muloe. It's, uh, it's you and I once again. And this afternoon, I'm very excited, very excited this afternoon because um, I've got my special guest, Natasha Williams, joining me in the studio this afternoon, um, who founded Miss Pole Dance South Africa. Is that, is that correct, yes, Natasha? Yes, Okay. Hi. So, yes, um, as you might have gathered, we are going to be talking about pole dancing this afternoon. Now, I know a lot of us, when you think pole dancing, you immediately imagine strip clubs with a lot of, you know, um, very sexy ladies doing their thing. But uh, pole dancing is actually, it's now, it, is it a sport, Natasha? It's a fitness and a sport. It's a fitness and a sport. So today I want us to get more into the fitness and sports side of things. Um, so let's, let's start right at the beginning with you, yourself. Um, you saying that you're the one who brought pole dancing into South Africa. Um, I started teaching it to your, um, ladies that don't go to the strip clubs. <laughs> and I started, I actually opened up a studio, um, across the road from here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Quite interesting. Right. And, uh, I started teaching it as a, um, fitness class. So yeah, that was 10 years ago. That was 10 years ago. And I, I mean, when the, when you opened that first, um, pole dancing studio where had you heard about it where had you read about read up about it um i used to be an exotic dancer okay um i think most of the the girls in the world were pioneers of pole dancing were coming from the clubs Mm -hmm. but trying to get it in as a studio and as a form of fitness we we faced a lot of um uh, stigma you know especially from the husbands and the fathers who were worried their wives wives are going to go and start working at the grand so was there a lot of resistance sort of getting in the way of you setting up your studio and making it work um you know just just to give you an example we try to advertise pole dancing in the newspaper in the caxon and for a year and a half they wouldn't allow me to run an advert and they said to me the logo that i've used is naked which was me dressed and because it was a silhouette you couldn't see the clothes and she said to me, no, you can't put that um, that advert in because um, you're naked. And I said to her, I'm sorry, it's not, but I'm offering a fitness class. If I can't advertise the word pole, um, how do I advertise what I do? If you're selling a car, but you can't say it's a car. Yes. Then, um, you know, so she said to me, she'll give me one chance after a year and a half. She gave me one chance. And she said, if anyone complains, then they're taking it off. Did anybody complain? Nope. No, and I've never looked back. That's that's an interesting story. As 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 for the history of pole dancing itself, you know, in terms of when it began, where it began, do do, do you know a whole lot about the history of pole um, dancing and how it started? You know, there's a lot of um, you know, there's a ritual of maypole dancing, and there's the malakam, which is the Indian. They they use a wooden pole, which is quite thick, and they do acrobatic tricks. Then there's Chinese pole as well that's in the circus, where they use uh, rubberized poles. But I think the sexy stuff that the women are doing now isn't, it actually comes from the strip clubs. I think they probably, you know, by mistake, maybe put a pole up in a club and the girls started using it. <laughs> yeah, it was actually for structural pur- purposes. And then the one girl looked at it and get, oh, hell, well, that's, okay. yeah, I think, and it can, it came from around about Canada somewhere, you know, um, the first time we got uh, poles in the club was at Teasers and that was in 1999. Right. All right, so now, so it, it, it came into the country and then the association was this, you know, it's a sexual dance form. Um, at what stage did the move to then turn it into a sport? When did that start happening? And then again, was it, um, was there a lot of resistance in having, you know, to, to convert it to a sport because the association was, oh, well, it's all about, you know, sexual dancing? I think um, a lot of women are drawn to it because they can be feminine at the same time as get exercise. So if they just wanted to do exercise, they'd do something else like boot camp or, you know, something. But why pole? 
and to justify to their husbands and their fathers that say no it's purely for fitness and you know mm-hmm. And also their work, their employers, because they would, um, if they saw them on Facebook or something like that, they'd give them a lot of grief about it. So I think, uh, and also now it's become so advanced that we've got contortionists and circus performers that are entering in the world championships. Oh, wow. And as a, um, a lay person, you'll never be able to match up to those. And these are people that are experts in their field. They've been professional ballet dancers or gymnasts and stuff like that. You know, I was just going to say, because when you're watching the real pros do it, you know, it's, it's, it's almost as if you're watching a gymnast at work. Yes. And I, I think they've kind of taken out the dance flow out of it. So I'm trying to bring it back in a bit just because that's what looks so nice that's what it, you know why it looks so nice because if you're just watching someone performing acrobatic tricks after you've seen the next 20 it all looks the same so is this is this then what's what's currently happening in competitive pole dancing competitions yes. you're, you're just seeing a, a lot of acrobatic tricks yeah um uh, there's a there's a competition in the uk called the world pole sports competition and they're trying to get it into the olympics They've made it very rigid. There's no music. Um, the music must be um, license-free. They have to wear black or boring you know, clothes. They have to perform something to a certain degree of tolerance, and there's got to be eight fingers above the, the chest area, how thick the, the straps need to be and how long the shorts need to be. It's very, very strict, and there's no music in between. It's very um, technical, gymnastic, and to watch it is... To me, after you've seen the first 20 do the same move that's required, it just gets really boring. So then what would you like to see it turn into then? Because well, you're saying you're trying to bring the music back into yes, it. So, so, so what, would, no, what would your ideal pole dancing competition look like? Well, that's why we have Miss Pole Dance SA. Okay. <laughs> so there's now two schools of thought. There's the dance side and then there's the sports side of things. So Miss Pole Dance, we focus on the theme and dressing up. You know, if you were watching Strictly Come Dancing on TV, you watch it for the outfits and the glitz and the glamour. Mm, and the so, sexiness. Yeah. So we try and keep that in. I used to make it compulsory to wear high heel shoes just to keep the theme going. And because of all the tricks that they're doing now, they, they can't actually wear heels anymore. Oh, really? Mm. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about Miss Pole Dance SA. Um, you said you started this in? 2006. 2006. When you started, um, I, I mean, what was that first year like, ho- organizing and hosting Miss Pole Dance SA? We- H- how many people turned out for it? How many competitors were involved? <laughs> Take us back to that first competition. Um, at that time, I had about five studios. Um, that were running. So I had quite a lot of competitors. We had amateur, intermediate and advanced divisions already. And there were about 750 spectators that came. And that's, that's quite a good turnout for a it first is, event. It is. But also the, if you have a look back, the, the people that won the professional division, what our amateurs are doing more than those girls were doing then. <laughs> so it's come a long way. And what, if you look at the actual competition itself, how is it divided into different categories? What are the categories? How does the judging work? You know, it's interesting. I was watching a, a video clip in, um, the, it was American amateur division. And this lady's clearly not amateur. And the way they've divided it is if you are earning, earning money as a living as a pole dancer, then you can go in professional. But if you're not earning money, then you're amateur. Hang on. When you say earning money as a pole dancer, yes. So, so they would have to be either working in a club okay. or teaching. Or teaching. Okay. All right. Mm. All right. So then, now take us through these different categories. Then. Okay. So my amateurs would be typically dancing up to a year. 
they've got a set requirement. They're not allowed to do more difficult moves. If they do, they've, they get penalized. And then, um, so they've learned the basics. They can climb, they can go upside down, they can use a spinning pole. Mm-hmm. Um, our intermediates are really strong. They've built a lot of, um, strength, but they're not flowing enough yet. So they, you know, they look like they might just fall off, even though they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever fallen off a pole? I'm sure they have. <laughs> You know those pole dance fails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not in a competition. I've had, a, I've, I've seen a lot of people that have tried to, um, you know, invert and they miss the pole and they have to try again. But, oh dear. but I mean, that happens in any sport. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the pros? The pros, well, the pros are doing so phenomenally well now. Um, at least I would say six of our South Africans have competed worldwide already. Um, the first lady that won Miss Pole Dance in 2010 was Vanessa Clack from LAF Studios, and she placed fifth in the London World Championships in 2012 or 2013. And how many different countries um, are involved in these World Champs? Do you know? Uh, maybe 40. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's big. It's really big, especially in Australia and America and, and England now. And, um, you know, when, when we talk, uh, talk more about the acrobatic, uh, side of, of competing, um, do, do you find male competitors in, in the sport as well, or is it only females? The men are phenomenal. Oh. And, and I think most, most people, when they picture a man, they think he's doing hip circles and body waves. <laughs> it's more circus. They, the, the, the stuff they're doing is just mind blowing. It's really beautiful. All right, so let's, I mean, let's be realistic here. If, say, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, pole dancing, it, it all looks very fun and interesting. Uh, by the way, I've only done one class, but I swear it was the most difficult thing that my body has had to go through. It really was. And let's say I started today. Realistically speaking, um, how long would it take for me before I could say, hey, maybe I should try and enter Miss Pole Dance essay? <laughs> Depends on you. <laughs> I would say uh, about six months to a year. Okay. Yeah. If it, you know, it depends on your mindset. Most women don't like competing. Mm, they're just doing it for the fun they're and the, and the sexiness the and the. Yeah, but you get competitive women, and those are the ones that really, um, you know, they could do it in four months. It depends on their dance background and how strong they already are before they come to class. Okay. And also, if you had a pole at home, it helps. And um, how often does the competition happen, the Miss Pole Dance, is it? Oh, yeah, well, there's quite a few. I'm actually going to one this um, coming th- uh, Friday, tomorrow. It's oh. called Evolution. That's their first year they're running it now. Okay. And they're in four ways. Um, there's the PDAFA, I think. They've got their own uh, sports fitness competition, and then there's quite a few other ones in between as well. So it's grown, it's grown quite a lot. So you've got a few of these competitions happening, uh, you know, mm. during the calendar year. Yeah. Okay. And how big is is the competing at the, at this stage? You know, since uh, 2006 when you first started it. You know, what I've noticed is the, the the people that used to be part of my franchise; those were all the. They've been in, in the longest, obviously, and those are still um, the forerunners. And because they've got so strong, a lot of the new ladies can't compete against them. So in our professional division, there's not a lot of new newcomers. It's the same people, and it's quite a small, uh, small number. But the amateurs and intermediates are growing phenomenally. Um, during competing, what kind of things are, are the, the competitors being judged on? 
Um, well, for my event, we do 40% is the theme and the outfit and how they uh, portray the theme and the music they use and the drama. And the other 60% is technical. Okay, so that's, that's, that's like a, an artistic score, so Correct. to speak. Okay. Yeah, artistic. And then there's the technical side, um, which we'll focus on strength, flexibility, um, transition, flow, use of stage, performance, stamina, dynamic movement. Um, how long is a competitor required to be on the pole? For the duration of the judging process, the uh, more advanced the categories, the longer they perform for. So my professionals need to be between five and six minutes. That's and a long that's, time. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> they don't like me very much. Jeez. And then, do you need to be on the pole for? Is there like a, a, a time yeah, for requirement me, yes. for how long you should be on that pole for? I tell them they ha- they have to stay for at least one minute. Doing tricks for one minute as part of the um, criteria. They can come off in between, but one minute is is required. Okay, so you also mentioned that you know it is it, it's also for fitness. So let's let's get into the fitness side of things because they I've I've heard some really amazing things in terms of what pole dancing can do for your body. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a great form of exercise, correct? Yes, we actually running a weight loss challenge at the moment. We are now last week. Um, just to prove to people that pole dancing actually does work and it helps you lose weight. So they're required to do three classes a week minimum. Mm-hmm. And then we've taken their measurements. There's no other dieting or anything else. And so far I've had a few that have already gone through and they've lost weight just from coming to class. And are they required to just do the pole dancing or are they incorporating other forms of exercise as well? Well, you know, I'm, I can't really watch them. Yeah. After, but the ladies that I've already measured, they've already lost weight without doing anything else. And what are but some of these work. benefits? I mean, it's, it's really a toning, it's like a strength training type of exercise. Yeah. You know, I compare it to if, if a woman was to go to a gym and she had to lift weights with her arms, she wouldn't lift more than five, five kilos, maybe two kilos. And because you're trying to climb a pole, you're lifting your entire body weight. So how many times would you do that at the gym? And you're doing that for a whole class. So yeah. you, you build muscle so quickly and muscle burns fat. If you're a professional competitor and you're preparing for a competition like Miss Pole Dancer, say, what kind of training goes into preparing for a competition like that for the professionals? You know, I would say at least two hours a day, maybe six, five, six days a week. Um, and in that two hours, they would obviously be warming up a lot and mm-hmm. stretching. Mm. Um, you can't do a routine more than a few times because you're just too bruised and too sore. Your your muscles actually get depleted. You can't do more than what you can do. So, And they do need to rest in between. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to do it the next day. And for the professionals, do they also go on some kind of dietary like diet plan and nutritional plan that they need to follow? I mean, I'm just trying to gauge here how serious... You know, How seriously they they take it in the, in that high in that high professional competitive level. In the world uh, championships, they eat very very healthy. A lot of them are vegetarian, even um, drink a lot of water. They take L-glutamine and the, you know the nutritional supplements. Um, but I don't think it's become a a talking thing yet. It's not something that they all discuss. You know, there's no specific regime that they need to follow. Okay. Yeah. As a country, how do we rate to uh, compared to places like Canada or Australia? I mean, they've been doing it longer for for we have, um, but how do we rate in terms of you know the, the competition side of things? I think we've had some really really good competitors. Um, the one lady who's our current uh, standing champion, she's been for three years already. That's Tammy Smith. She's um, came she came sixth. 
but like I said, it's a very small number. So although we, we're doing well, we're a limited group. And so it would be the same people going back overseas again. Um, I would say we're probably in the top 10, but we're definitely not in the first five. <laughs> and what are the, the age requirements or limits um, for, com- for competing? I mean, do you say that, well, you've got to be above 21 and that kind of thing? Um, well, we don't teach uh, women under 18 anyway. Okay. Purely, you know, for other reasons. But um, So you have to be 18 and older if you want to start doing pole dancing classes yeah. at a studio. At my, we, we do, you know, we, because we wear heels and we do refer about se- to sexy stuff, we yeah. don't like to have children there and then be <laughs> accused of, you know, <laughs> being inappropriate. children astray. Right. But we do, there are people that do kids' classes. Um, so purely for children and it's purely acrobatic. Okay. Um, but yeah, for our, for our purposes, we only teach ladies. And how, I mean, how old are some of the older ladies that you've seen compete or that you, that you know to have competed? Um, I was judging the world pole championships last two years ago and, um, the lady that won the master's division was 62. <gasps> what? <laughs> She's an, she's amazing, but I mean, she was an ex ballerina, but at 62, she only just started doing pole about eight years ago. Oh my goodness. Mm. So, I mean, the really, the, the, the age range there is, 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 is quite big. No, it's huge. Um, I just think because pole dancing wasn't around more than 10 years ago, it's, it's now only caught on. Um, but yeah, it has changed a lot over the years. I'm talking to Natasha Williams of, uh, Miss Pole Dance SA. 0861551891 is the number to call if you'd like to get involved in the competition or you can message us straight through to WeChat or you can also tweet us, um, at cliffcentral.com on Twitter. Um, yeah. So this is, uh, Mabali Muloy with you hanging out until two o'clock. This is cliffcentral.com. Christmas is on the way and so is the happiest family event of the year. The Parkview Charity Christmas Market at the George Hay Park in Parkview from the 27th to the 29th of November. The Christmas Market is a weekend of fun, unique arts and crafts, brilliant gift ideas, kids fun galore, big screen sports, a beer tent and a champagne and oyster bar with continual live music. Parkview Christmas Market for a great time with all proceeds going to charity. I was never brave. I was young, out of control. Drinking, drowning, brewing the storm. I was never brave. Bengi Iguala. Barkwood, crawled, crashed. I was never brave. Fled, bled, followed, never led. If only someone had stepped in, pulled me out. That's why I became the mentor I wish I'd had. Help under 18 say no to alcohol. Sign up at sabstories.coza. Hashtag be the mentor. A South African Breweries Initiative. Cliffcentral.com with me, Mabale Muloy, and I am joined by Natasha Williams this afternoon, who is the founder and organizer of Miss Pole Dance SA. Um, Natasha, let's talk a little bit about the business side of things. How many studios um, do you run in, in the country at the moment? Um, I've got f- uh, four studios in total, three are franchised. And are they all in Johannesburg or spread yeah, all over the place? All in Johannesburg. Now, what does the market look like in terms of, you know, going into setting up a studio and running your own studio? I mean, is it a very successful business or is, is there still, you know, is it a, because, you know, as soon as you say pole dancing, it's very popular. Like a whole bunch of women think, Oh, yes, let's do something fun together. We'll go pole dancing. It's a lot of fun. Is it a good business to be in? Um, I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love my business. Um, I just find it's become a lot more competitive. Um, you know, when I started, I was the only one, and now there's about 40 in Joburg. Wow. So, and there's, it just depends. A lot of the students become teachers, and then they open down the road, and so ah. it, it becomes oversaturated. Right. Mm. And um, are most of the studios um, in, in Johannesburg? Or, I mean, do you get quite a fair representation in your Cape Town and your Durban and the rest of the country? Um, there are a few in Cape Town. There's a few in um, KwaZulu-Natal, and the rest are very interspersed. Okay. How does one actually become uh, an accredited pole dancing instructor? What 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 is the process that one goes through? Well, okay, so when I started, I was the first, so I, I couldn't go to anyone for training. <laughs> yeah. But I actually did get my master instructor um, diploma from a lady in Singapore. And um, Wow. Uh, yeah, but we were both pioneers, so it was right in the beginning. So um, did, did that mean that you got to spend some time in Singapore, or was yes. she here? Yeah, she was here, but I have been there as well. Okay, well, what was that experience like? Oh, it was great. Um, I was actually judging the World Pole Championships there. Um, in Singapore? In Singapore. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, share a, share a little bit of your time in Singapore then and <laughs> the, the whole process of learning from her. Okay. Well, she runs the IPDFA, which is the International Pole Dance uh, Fitness Association. Okay. And she runs a World Pole Championship as well. Um, so she's got a lot of um, uh, physiotherapists and stuff like that on board because it's an international destination. Um, there were a lot of workshops that I attended with all the... World Pole Champions and stuff like that. But it's it's very um, intensive training, a lot of hard work, but it's all the dance modalities. So, you so know, there's contemporary. And when you were learning under her, what was the actual training process like? What did you, what did you have to well, do? When I, I mean, when I did my Master Pole, I didn't have to learn anything under her. She just tested what my knowledge was and I tested what her knowledge was. And that's <laughs> basically how I started. Okay. <laughs> because there wasn't anyone else. But um, I actually offer teacher training and accreditation at the moment. Okay, um, and it's regi- it's recognised by Reps SA, which is the Register of Exercise Professionals, and it's also recognised internationally as well. Do you be- do you become tested by by a master instructor? Is that how you get your accreditation? If you want to become a, if they want to know, they have to write an exam and they have to do two practical um, exams as well, and they need to get seventy percent to pass. And the the training is focused on. Um, correct techniques, injury prevention, um, making sure there's no anatomy and physiology and stuff like that because it can be dangerous. How long does that process take? I mean, when you say that they have to write a test, is there, is there a lot of theory then that they must go through? Yeah, there's a whole file. It's over 200 pages of theory. Now, how does one, be, I mean, if one is interested in becoming a, a pole dancing instructor, where, where would I begin? Like, what do I, what do I search on the internet? Okay, where do well, I go? <laughs> my, my website is poleinstructortraining.co.za. Okay. Um, on there, we offer yoga swing training as well, spinning pole course, um, chair workout, all sorts of other Yoga courses. swing training. Yoga swing training. What, what exactly <laughs> is that? And what does it involve? It's actually a, it's a aerial, it's a hammock with handlebars and you do yoga in the swing. <laughs> but it's, it's, that <laughs> sounds completely impossible, but carry on. <laughs> I actually did one, um, last weekend. I had a course. Um, yeah, so that was my first course that I've offered. So we'll have a few more yoga swing studios around. Shortly. Wow. <laughs> That is okay. So take us through some of these other different things that I obviously don't know anything about. You know, besides the pole dancing, what other different types of? You know, when I started teaching, it actually wasn't pole dancing first. It was sensual fitness, and um, 
I used to do workshops for women when I was still dancing, helping mm. them learn how to be sexy, you know, and, and, and dance sexy, but all in, a, in an above board way. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw there was a need for it. But going to a workshop, if you went for a belly dance workshop, you're not going to remember it after three hours. It's something you have to do every day to for your body to become, you know, on autopilot. Right. So I started offering that as a fitness class. And those days I had about 80 women in a classroom at a time. Wow. It was really, really busy. And it grew from there. Um, but I think I just want to bring the sexy back. You know, we've lost that. It's all become about pole dancing, pole dancing, and pole dancing tricks. And can you do this trick? And can you do that? But at the end of the day, they don't know how to put it together and make it flow. Make it make it look like something. You mentioned chair chair work chair as well? workout. So it's a chair fitness workout. So it's lap dancing moves as a workout. Oh, so yes, you wear your please. leg warmers <laughs> and your heels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so um and that one actually tones you as much as the pole dancing does. So we work the other areas, your tummy and your hips and your thighs and all the other areas you didn't work in the pole class. Do you ever get um, guys who pop into the studios and they say, ah, you know, I want to try some of this My Ravonia branch is run by a guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And he, he's actually bought himself a pair of stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's not gay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there is some interest, you know, from, from, the, ma- from the males. In, yeah. Um, not as much, I think, because of the stigma. That I, they say the, the, the South African men still think it's a... It will make them look gay or something mm. if they tried it. But if you went overseas, the male side is growing very, very fast. All right. Natasha, let's talk about the stigma. I mean, is it still, is it still a little bit taboo? Is there still that whole sexual connotation associated with pole dancing? Is there still the stigma that you speak of? You know what? I, I could be wrong, but what I've noticed is it's not coming from the women. It's coming from the men. If I tell a woman I'm pole dancing, she gets all excited and says, I want to come. Yes. If I tell a guy, he says, so where do you work? Where do you dance? Oh, so the assumption is that you must work in a strip club. Yeah. Actually, one of my studios was approached by a male journalist to come and, you know, take pictures of the studio and stuff like that. And he asked her how many of the women there is she training to become strippers. And she just was in shock because she assumed a, a male journalist would know that we don't train women as strippers. In fact, the strippers might come to us, but it's not the other way around. And when you when you speak of pole dancing as a sport, do you still find people who kind of laugh and they're like, please, that's not a sport? <laughs> Until they try it. Until they try it. Until but, they try it. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, is is that still also a, a stigma within itself where people laugh at it and think this, there's no way that this can be a sport? Um, yeah, because they don't know. Mm. They don't know. It's only the people that don't know. The people that have tried it, and most of the women I know have known somebody or they've done it themselves. Now, how have you seen um, the growth in the competitive um, pole dancing over well, the years since since you first launched Miss Pole Dance SA? How has it grown? How quickly has it grown? Um, well, like I said, there's probably about 10 competitions um, annually at the moment. The market's not big enough to accommodate. It's the same studios. Um, but, yeah, it's grown exponentially, and it's, and it's getting bigger. Whoever said pole dancing was a fad was very wrong. Um, and these, these competitions, I, I mean, do, do, are they mostly just national competitions, or do you get provincial legs as well? How do these competitions work in South Africa? Um, well, if you uh, want to compete overseas, then the comp- competition needs to be recognized by an international competition in order to qualify to compete. Otherwise, the level might be too low. 
Um, but there are some others that are just, you know, for fun. You can get a certificate, enter, do some tricks, get tested on it. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a competition per se. Um, but yeah, we, we, what was the question? <laughs> well, no, just, um, the different type, the different types of competition, provincial, national, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, like I was saying earlier, we've, uh, as I founded the pole dance sport association of South Africa, and we've actually applied with the dance sports association to be recognized as a sport. Um, and they've given us uh, approval. We actually got it this morning. Um, to be recognized to offer South African regional and national colors in pole dancing. Hey, now. And we'll be the second uh, country in the world that's actually recognized by our government, which is great. Wow, only the second? Yeah, it's Brazil. Brazil was recognized a few years ago. Oh, my goodness. You, and you would assume a country like the U.S. Would, it would be... I don't know even if they've applied for it. You know, we just have. I'd like to have it seen recognized. You know, so so you got, you you got that uh, approval today. You said today this morning. Yes, I'm very excited about it. So we've already got our five provinces lined up. We'll be offering regional um, events in East London, Western Cape, KwaZulu Natal, and Bloemfontein. That's fantastic. That's fantastic <laughs> news. All right, and then you mentioned earlier that there is also an application to get pole dancing into Oli- into the Olympics to for it to be yes. part of the Olympic Games. Um, how how is that process going? I'm not sure um, what the requirement is. I know they were asking for it to be in the 2016 Olympics. I haven't heard much about that. But it has become very, very technical. And there's a huge drive for it, especially in the UK. Um, they've actually founded the polesports.org um, organization, which is non-profit. And they're just pushing for it. So they, they're following every guideline they can find. I'm not sure if it will make it or not. But, you know, time will tell. But I mean, what are, what are the chances, do you think, of, of it actually being approved and going through? You, you know, be, you know, because you get something like rhythmic gymnastics, for example. That's, yes. that's an Olympic sport, right? Yes. Um, well, I think we're similar to that. I really do. I think, I think so too. It's very similar. I just don't know if the stigma can, if we can go through the stigma, because rhythmic, rhythmic gymnastics doesn't have the stigma that pole dancing does. And I don't know if the Olympic committee might consider it to be a little bit too risque. That's uh, my only concern, which is why they're pushing for it to be a sport and not a, and not a dance form. Chances are, though, if it did rec- become recognized as an Olympic sport, it would probably be um, the very like the the very stiff acrobatic stuff that you yes, were talking yes. about earlier. So not yes. not a whole lot of the sensual dancing aspect, which is kind of the, the stuff that the the ladies like. Well, right? you know, it was a pity. I, I used to do a lot of ladies' night at nightclubs, and when I went for my very first audition. They told me that I could perform for the ladies, but I had to dress up, and meaning wearing more clothes. And I said to them, I can't wear more clothes because I'll fall off the pole. And they and what surprised me was the go-go dancers that were on the bar were wearing less than what I was wearing. Mm. And they're just dancers, and I'm trying to do something that I could fall on my head if I didn't have skin. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's just um, people in the – to try and take the stigma out, they go on the other extreme. Having danced yourself, um, the, the, have you suffered any major <laughs> injuries <laughs> from from this? Yes, I followed on my head. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, any broken limbs or sprained wrists and ankles and that kind of thing? Yeah, it was quite dangerous. Um, if the girls rub oil all over the pole and you come along trying to go upside down and you haven't checked the pole, <laughs> but why would why would you why would you rub oil all over the pole? That kind because of they di- they lazy. They don't know what else to do, so they rub oil on themselves and then rub themselves on the pole. 
Are they thinking that that's going to help with... What are they thinking? No, well, I don't think. Okay, well, what, what is, what is the poll, the, like the poll 101, if you will? How, what are you supposed to apply on the poll okay. before you get, <laughs> before you start swigging around on it? No, that's absolutely true. Because <laughs> I actually had a lady put oil on the pole, think it would help her grip, but that's not the right thing to do. Um, no, you need to keep it clean, keep it dry. Don't have body oils and stuff like that. You can wear body lotion, but if your skin's slightly oiled, oily, you're just going to slide. And for the hands, um, we have grip aids. Um, if you tend to perspire a lot, you might find it hard to hold on. Um, I must say it is very, it is very painful on the hands though, because you know, just that one class that I did. Well, you know, pole dancers boast about their calluses and their bruises. Oh, it comes, <laughs> it's, it's part of the deal, I suppose. Yes. And the reason that, um, they wear so little clothing is to help with the grip, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. We still wear shorts and t-shirts. We just can't wear long shorts because you won't be able to sit. Okay. So, I mean, I'm thinking, so I can't walk, walk in there with my long tights because that's, that's completely not going well, to work. you could. I've got scissors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, take, take me through, take me through, um, teaching average people like me, um, teaching us pole dancing, you know, r- right from the beginning with the basics and, you know, what, what you start with and depending on my progress, what we elevate to, and then hopefully turning me into a pro, uh, a professional such as yourself. Take us through that, that process of teaching. You know, there's three levels of learning. And the first is anybody that's new must find the love for it first. So I wouldn't go drilling you and trying to get you to do crazy stuff because you, you won't want to go back. So a beginner that would come to class, I would teach her a nice, sexy routine that's easy to do, that she can look at herself in the mirror, and uh, and when I see a big smile on their face, I know it's working. <laughs> and you can do, do you do you get those women who come to the first class and they immediately want to start hanging upside down for, upside down from no, the pole? No, they actually get scared. They actually start sweating if I mention going upside down. <laughs> okay, yeah, and then yeah. So so I know I know if they enjoyed that and they they could see that actually could do the basic stuff, they're willing to try more. Mm-hmm. And then the next phase would be um, to actually start teaching them the, the hard work side of things. So by the time they've get, got to a more intermediate level, they start realizing that they are going to bruise. And if they want to get a move, it's going to take some time to practice it and build up their strength. And then the third is just self-discipline, you know, and, and respect. Respect for the elders, respect for, you know, how much time they spend on stretching and things like that. So it really becomes about discipline and and self-motivation. It is very much a core-based type of uh, core, routine, shoulders, right? arms, back. Absolutely. Okay. And, and I find, um, especially Western women, do very little work when they go to gym with their arms and their upper body. So pole dancing is really good for strengthening even your heart muscle because we don't do a lot of upper body fitness, especially not in South Africa with the women. They do running, spinning, um, there's a, th- yeah, there's a lot of obsession among women with, um, targeting lower body. Yes. We, and no upper body. Yes. We don't devote a lot of time to our lower body when we're exercising. We're just thinking, oh, I really need to get my thighs to look smaller and my butt to shrink. But how do you make your thighs look smaller if you're making them bigger by working them? Hmm. So. And, and with pole dancing, I mean, you don't, you don't bulk up. You just kind of, everything gets tight, right? It all gets pulled in nice and tight. Or, it, it, I mean, cause you're not really lifting weights, right? 
Well, um, I did develop quite strong arms. Okay. Um, but I don't look like a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You just, it's just lean, right? It's lean. You'll never look. I think most women's biggest fear of lifting weights is that they're going to look like a bodybuilder. And the truth is, unless they were taking steroids, they'll never look like a bodybuilder. Could one do pole dancing every day? I mean, or would you advise against that? Because, you know, as with any training program, you, you get advised on how to approach it and, you know, don't over, uh, overextend yourself, that kind of thing. But I mean, could, could you, is this something you could do every day? Is it well, safe enough to do every day? I teach it every day. I mean, I could get technical, but I mean, your, your muscles, because you're burning um, so much energy at once, just lifting your body weight, it depletes your muscle glycogen levels very fast. And because of that, it takes 24 hours to 48 hours to replenish it again. So if you just start exercising tomorrow, you might actually just find that you're making yourself weaker and you're burning muscle rather than fat. So it is better to wait. Okay. So maybe twice a week. Twice a week is good. Um, for a beginner, I always say twice a week will get the best results. Okay. Uh, not once a week. It's not enough. <laughs> it's just a waste of time then. <laughs> yeah, it's all for fun. They, they will see results, but not as fast. Yeah. Um, twice a week, if they start coming three or four times a week, they're actually just making themselves tired. Especially if they're new and they're not used to it. It is a bit of a luxury though, isn't it? I mean, you know. I don't know. Doesn't everyone need to exercise? No, I mean, yes, definitely everyone needs to exercise. But, but I mean, you know, in terms of I'm going for, for a class, you know, it, you know, everybody knows they need to exercise. Yeah. So how you do it, I mean, if you decide to go to a gym or to do a yoga class or you want to do Pilates, it's the same thing. And it was a thought that I had for a while, but I realized that it's, it's, it's more than that because Excuse me, the women that actually come are there to socialize as well. Mm. It's like a little community. I've never experienced the kind of camaraderie that happens in those classes uh, anywhere else in any kind of fitness form. You know, uh, I've seen women that just kind of, you know, look you up and down and turn the other way when you walk in. And in Paul, they're so helpful and motivating, and it almost becomes uh, a withdrawal symptom if they don't get to class. So it's not even a luxury. It's a must-have. They arrange their life around their pole classes. Oh, what is it about the pole, though, Natasha, that just has <laughs> us girls walking in there and flipping our hair or our weaves because and thinking, we, damn, I look good. And all of a sudden, this confidence just comes out of nowhere. What is it about it? You know, I also thought about it for a long time. I think it's just because we, as children, we grow up being girls. We want to be adored and admired. And there's no one to teach you that. There's nobody that's actually going to sit you down and say, no, this is how you do it in an acceptable way. And the girls do it not not to get attention from men. It's not for the men. It's for themselves. Definitely. Yeah. So I just think it's it's a place where you can learn to be sexy in a in a safe environment. We're not doing. We're not getting naked. We're not doing anything. No. Yeah. Taboo. None of that. So there's no judgment about it. Um, yeah. So that's that's what I think it is. And also, because it's kind of rejected by society, I think the girls that do come to class stick together. You know. All right. Now tell us more about this, um, this other competition that you were telling me about earlier, that the one that's happening tomorrow. Oh, uh, Pole Evolution. Okay. So what, what is that about? Um, well, they've, they're running their first ever competition. They've got also entries from all over the country. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of studios, um, that have participated with their students and they, they will be also, I think it's, um, beginner, intermediate, advanced and professional. And what is your involvement in this event tomorrow? Well, no, I was just sent complimentary tickets. I'm actually not part of it at all. Oh, okay. So yeah. you've just been invited to attend. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, fantastic. But they are, they are ex-teachers of mine. I know them well. So <laughs> they, they, um, they will do a good job. 
Um, are there any requirements to um, apply and enter for a competition such as Miss Miss um, Dance Poll SA? Um, how do I actually qualify, so to speak? Um, yeah, well, you need to send in a, a demo video so that we can make sure you're in the right category. Oh. Um, oh, f- yes, because <laughs> because from watching the video, you'll be able to turn say t- yes. tell she's a beginner or she's yes. an intermediate level or okay, all yes. right. And and we, we only take a limited number of of people per category, so we have video judges, and um, I use people from overseas that are actually international champions, and they judge the videos and they decide who gets to actually go through to the finals. Oh wow. Yes. Okay, so you send a video. How long? How long do you guys want the video to be? The video is two to three minutes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking you were going to say, you know, just a thirty-second little no, thing. No, no, we all. Wow, <laughs> two to three minutes. Okay, so you submit your video, and then do you? You send in your entry form. We need to just make sure that you. Obviously, it's Miss Polar in South Africa, so you have to have South African residency or citizenship. Okay, and then we need to see your dance experience as well. Um, is there an entry fee that's involved? There's an entry fee. Right. It's two hundred and sixty rand. Okay. It's and not, it's not that much. And the the competition does it run for for just a day or does it run over a weekend? It's, How does it? It's a all night event. Okay. Um, and then whoever wins can actually obviously qualify to go and compete overseas. Um, aside from the from the great titles and you know um, the fact that you are Miss Dance Pole 2015 or whatever, are there any prizes involved in the in? Um, you know, over the years I've been I've had so many um, sponsors, but it's it's a really hard work, and and I've found actually that the amount of work didn't make up for the prizes that we actually got. So um, I've offered trips overseas, and and um, you know the, mainly it's just the prize the the. The title with the the crown, and um, when is the next um, when is the next Miss Dancehall essay it's com- competition? Twenty eighth of February next year. Okay, fantastic. All right, Natasha Williams, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon and for sharing all your wonderful insights with me. Thank you. Um, it all sounds very sensual and sexy and exciting, and you know what? Uh, get to a pole dancing studio closest to you it's it's a lot of fun it's hard in the beginning it's very hard (laughs) i actually need to go back into it but thank you so much for your time natasha thank you okay well that's where i will leave you for this afternoon thank you very much for hanging out with me as always and i'll be back with you next week thursday for another edition of between two fins this is cliffcentral.com